0: So the Shiloh that we're going to, uh, to discuss today um, is a Shiloh that I heard about uh, um, you know, recently. Uh, and it's one which I think uh, you know, it, it doesn't come up that often that the Shiloh would be relevant and, uh, because it only comes up, uh, I think the last time it came up was, uh, it was 20 years ago or so. Uh, and as you can see, the, uh, the heading of this is Bidika's Chabetz on Shabbos. Now, when would you ever have to go ahead and do bedikas chametz on Shabbos? So it would only come up that you're going to do bedikas chametz on Shabbos, or primarily it would come up that you're going to do bedikas chametz on Shabbos in a situation where erev Shabbos falls on of uh, Pesach falls on Shabbos, like this year. So normally we know that you do bedikas chametz the night before the seder. So in a year like this, when uh, we we have uh, great communication compared to what existed in the past. So everybody knows well in advance, and there will just be shear after shear after shear, which people are going to be giving in the next uh, three and a half weeks or so, three weeks, uh, about what happens when Erv Pesach falls on Shabbos, all the unique halachas which which apply. So that's something which is certainly uh, uh, which is certainly coming, but a person could easily become overwhelmed with uh, with what's coming, with what's going on, and they have in their mind like every other year. That we're going to do b'dikas chametz the night before the seder, so they'll forget. So this year it happens to be that we do b'dikas chametz Thursday night, erev of Pesach, not on erev Pesach, but it could arise. And this is what this uh, the, this shuvas his orerus it's written by a grandson of the chassam sofer. So he addresses this Shila. What happens if a person uh, gets to the Friday night uh, before before the seder? and realizes, oh my gosh, I never did B'dikaz chametz. Or he hears people in shul saying, oh, it, was so, it took us so long to do B'dikaz chametz last night, it took us an hour, two hours, whatever it is. And the fellow realizes that he was supposed to do B'dikaz chametz last night on Thursday night, and now it's Friday night, Shabbos night, and he hasn't done the mitzvah B'dikaz chametz yet. So he'll say, okay, just go, go ahead and look around for your chametz and do B'dikaz chametz as is. So we're going to go through uh, three or four different Shilas, which are related to the possibility of actually doing a Betik chametz on Friday night on Shabbos, in the whether or not there are going to be halachic impediments to doing so, there's not going to be halachic impediments uh, to do so, and this we're going to just try and work our way sort of systematically through the sources to be able to explore these uh, these issues. So Bekitzer, The shaila is you get to Friday night this year, the night before the Seder, and you realize you have that V8 moment. You say, oh, my gosh, I didn't do Bedik chametz last night. Can I go ahead and do so now? So we know that, uh, obviously, when we do Bedik chametz, you may start with a candle. You may use a candle the whole time. You may use a flashlight. But certainly to go ahead and to do a malacha Daraisa, for you to go ahead and light a candle to do Bedik chametz, that certainly is not going to be allowed. So the question is going to be, the first question we're going to deal with is whether or not you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to go ahead and hold the candle for you. We're not talking about lighting the candle yet. We'll get to that later on. But can you go ahead and ask a non-Jew to carry the candle around for you? And he will be the one or she will be the one who will, uh, will move around the Muksa item which is the, uh, the candle, and you will follow that, uh, that non-Jew in order to, uh, to do bedikah Hamas. So question number one. So that's what you have. You have these like subheadings. So asking a Gentile to carry the candle. So is that something which is allowed or not? Oh, no, I didn't change all the fonts. I'm sorry. I'm going to change it. As, uh, actually, I won't. Okay. So Shulchan Aruch says, this is in simon shin zayin. So Dava Malacha. If you have something, in activity, which is not a malacha, and the reason why it's prohibited to do so is because it constitutes a shavus. This term shavus is a term which we use for an isr So we're not talking about asking the non-Jew to, to light the candle. We're talking about having the non-Jew go ahead and uh, uh, carry around a lit candle. So the halacha is, so you're allowed to go ahead and ask a non Jew to do an Isser durabanan, something which is only rabbinically prohibited, but provided, but there are. it's not under all conditions you're allowed to ask a non Jew to do an Isser Durabanon. Generally, the rule is you cannot ask a non Jew to do an Isser Unless you have particular circumstances. So, one circumstance is if somebody's ill, so somebody's not feeling well, so you can ask a non Jew to do something which is in order to provide treatment for the person who is ill. Or, in a case where there's a great necessity for this thing to be uh, accomplished, an example of that we're not going to go through, oh, mipnei mitzvah. Or if what you're trying to do is you're trying to fulfill a mitzvah. If, you're trying, if you need the non-Jew's assistance in order to fulfill a mitzvah, so that would also be a lot. What's an example of that? K-t'sad. So what's an example where you need to fulfill a mitzvah and you could uh, not employ, but you could uh, uh, ask a non-Jew to do an isudarbonin? One of your kids was playing with the chauffeur and they went ahead and thought it would be a nice idea to throw it up and see if they could catch it. And they threw it up and it got caught in the tree. So now it's too high up in the tree for you to be able to access it. So you want to know, climbing a tree is an Isidra Khaza went ahead and prohibited climbing a tree. So can you ask your non-Jewish neighbor to climb the tree for you in order to get the chauffeur, so that you could do the mitzvah of chauffeur. Let's assume this is Yantif, not on Shabbos, because we're not blowing the chauffeur on Shabbos, anyways. So on Yantif, can you go ahead and ask him to do it? Oh, or lahavi miyam or to go ahead and I'm sorry, olahavi mayim This is a case of somebody who's ill, somebody who's not feeling well, and they need a therapeutic bath but there's not enough water which is available. They didn't have running water. So can you ask a non-Jew to carry in a manner where it's only an Isidra in order to provide that therapeutic bath? So the first opinion in Shulchan Aruch says that it's permitted. So we're just going to focus right now on this idea that mitzvah that if you need uh, uh, to ask a non-Jew to do an Isidra so that you could do a mitzvah, so the first opinion in Shulchan Aruch says that that's permitted, Then he says, Vyeish Osim. Then he cites a dissenting opinion, which says that you're not allowed to ask a non Jew to climb the tree in order to get the shofar for you. Or in our style, you would not be permitted to ask the non Jew to carry around a flashlight or a lit candle for you so you could do B'digas Chametz. So we have these two opinions in Shochanach. And then the Ramah says, Haggai says, Look, come on, Simitavkope, Vav lahatir. So even though here in Hilcho Shabbos, Shulchanach brings down two opinions, one that says it's permitted, the second which says that it is Aser. In Simen Tafkuf Pei Vav, is the Halachas of Shofar. So in that context, Shulchanach only cites the opinion which says that's permitted. We'll see more about that. There are some opinions which say even in Isser Da Raisa, Something which is biblically prohibited, you'd be able to ask a non-Jew to do in order that you should be able to perform a mitzvah. But we'll get to that, that particular idea a little bit uh, later. Okay, so this is this is the issue over here. So now, uh, so now, what does the Mishabura say about this uh, this idea about asking the non-Jew to carry around the candle so that you could do bedikas chametz? So Mishabura says, this I will go ahead and I will bold as we go along. Something which is only awesome darbanan aval davar shi'ur mina Torah. But if we're dealing with something which is an iser daraisa, let's say lighting the candle, kindling the candle, so you ayudei So that's going to be prohibited to ask a non-Jew to do an iser daraisa. Afil dvar mitzvah, even if your intent is thereby to be able to fulfill a mitzvah as it says later on over there, by doing a brismila, that's the simit over there. And therefore, for that reason, also, So therefore, if the light goes out in shul, right? one of the, the problems we have with technology nowadays is that many appliances and whatnot, if there's a power outage, when the power comes back on, you have to manually turn the electronic device back on and it doesn't just turn on automatically for many people when buying a cholin pot. So it's very important that you don't get one that if it, the power goes out, then you'll have to go ahead and press the button again for it to go on. You want a dumb crock pot so that when the power goes back on, it's just automatically the switch is already set to on and you're already good to good to go. So here to go ahead and to ask a non-Jew to turn on the light for you, because you wanna be able to learn, let's say the lights in the base medrush are off or lights in shul are off and you won't be able to daven without the lights on. Too bad, so sad. According to this opinion, you you may not ask the non-Jew to do an de arisa in order to even even to perform a mitzvah. Um, now he says that So the shulchan said that you need to have some sort of tsaruch. You need to have some sort of pressing need in order to uh, uh, to employ this leniency. Mishibur says the kevush Being that the issur uh, of climbing the tree or or carrying around the uh, the candle is only isr drabanan. Anyways, it's only muktzah. The issur amir yehudi who gamkein drabanan, and the restriction against asking a non Jew to do something prohibited on Shabbos or Yantiv is also an issur drabanan. So then, in the we put a, a mathematical equation or halachic equation, havi Shvus de Shvus. So it's a drabanan squared asking the non-Jew to do something, which is an Isidrobanan, to do something which is an Isidrabanan. So, lo bofanum elu. So when there is a medical need or when there is a mitzvah need, so the restriction against asking a non-Jew to do an Isidrabanan was never uh, enforced, never applied, and therefore it would be permitted. Um, okay, I think we're going to get rid of this Mishnabur. I don't think we need this one. And then he says, So then the Shulchan Aruch said that there are opinions which say that even, for, even to ask a non-Jew to carry around the candle so that you should be able to do B'dik even that is going to be Asr. So this is the dissenting opinion. What's the rationale? It was only in the context of being able to perform a bristmila on a baby on Shabbos would it be permitted to ask a non-Jew to do an Iser What would be an example of that? That they have everything's all ready for the brismila. The Moel shows up and he says, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. I forgot to put the knife in my Mila bag. So there's no meal life in there. So you can't go into the kitchen uh, you know, uh, where you keep your silverware and just grab a knife and do a, a, a bris milah. The baby will not be too happy if you go ahead and you, uh, you do that. And if the parents see, they also will not be uh, very happy. And you will know, well, the pediatrician who's gonna have to look at the baby afterwards, will she be happy in following that? So you have to go ahead and you're gonna send the non-Jew to go back to the mole's house to pick up the knife. So that would be permitted. Why? As a special leniency, just for the sake of the mila, mishum di. Last line, mishum, mishum dihi atzma dachiy shabbos. Because we know brismila it itself overrides shabbos. So since we're dealing with a mitzvah which overrides Isurman man Shabbos, so it's in that context we could say, okay, once we already know that to do a bris meal in the first place, we override Shabbos, so we could go ahead and we could do the same thing in order to carry the knife to where the baby is. Aval mitzvah but in order, asking an Anju to do an so that they could perform another mitzvah, such as B'digaz chametz, So that is not allowed. Uh, and if you look in the Levush in the Elia Raba, so they pask in like the first opinion of Shulchan Aruch, which says that you could always ask a non-Jew, not always, but in most circumstances, you could ask a non-Jew to do an Isidra Banan to facilitate your performance of a mitzvah. So... So that would that would mean following that. So that would mean that we could go ahead and uh, it, it's going to be permitted to um, going to be permitted to uh, ask the non-Jew to carry around the candles, so that you should be able to fulfill the. Uh, you should be able to do b'dikas hametz. So that part one. Uh, so that we seem to be okay. Now we run into a different problem. So right now, uh, you have, you go over to your neighbor. Uh, our neighbor over here is, uh, is, uh, is very kind and he's already familiar with uh, the fact that those of us on the block over here often forget to do things. So if we knock on a Shabbos or Yontif, so his response right away is, Rabbi, what do you need? So that's, uh, he already knows that, uh, you know, what, uh, what, uh, that uh, we're, we're coming for a particular purpose. So I could go ahead and I could go over there and I say, Ernesto, we need you to walk around with us while we do B'dikaz chametz. He came by already and he did the, the Mechir with us a couple times, so now he'll come by and he will help us to facilitate doing B'dikaz chametz. But there's a different problem that we run into if we're going to do B'dikaz chametz on Shabbos, and that is that Chazal uh, restricted doing something which requires scrutiny, something as simple as reading, but let, let's say, we put in those cases, something which requires attention by lamplight because of the fear that if you're using a lantern in order to read on Shabbos and the, uh, you're getting near the end of the oil supply or something like that, you don't have such a good wick. If the light isn't so bright, you may be tempted to reach out and tilt the lamp to get more oil on the wick in order to make the flame clearer. And doing so would be an Isidara so in order to make sure that nobody goes ahead and while they're in the middle of reading, go ahead and adjust the lamp with their, ha- their hand. So there's an Isidra Banan for a person to go ahead and read by lamplight. So now let's see these halachas because this means Bidika Eschametz obviously something where you're going to have to be searching carefully and you want very good light. It's not helpful to have bad light when you're doing Bidika chametz. You want the light to be good quality light so is that going to be a problem even if the non-Jew is holding the candle but are we afraid that as he's holding the candle and you're trying to search under the bed or something you'll reach out to the lamp that he's holding and you'll tilt it and you'll move his hand a little bit so you get better view of what's going on under the bed and in doing so you'll end up violating that isadar so it's the same concern so does that, is that concern going to be relevant and create a restriction against doing b'dikas chametz on Shabbos so here we go Different set of halachas. So the, Shulchan Aruch says, this is simon reish ayin He. We'll read sif alf, beis, and Gible. It says, In Poland. Poland means to go ahead and search for lice, to pick out the lice. Then karb b'sefa loor nor can you read from a safer, even learning, loor by the light of a lamp. V'afilo eno Even if you're not reading it out loud that other people will be able to hear because of the concern of Shemayata, Because the fear that you'll tilt the lamp. Now, once Chaza went ahead and put this in place, they said, Even if the lamp that you're reading by is 10 stories high, there's no way you're going to be able to reach up your hand. You're not Basparo, whose hand is going to stretch out all the way onto the lamp over there and make an adjustment in order to be able to get the baby Moshe from the basket. Because it's still Aser. Shlochil Kul. Because once Chazal say there's an iser against doing something, it applies in all circumstances. Therefore, For this reason, it's going to be also even if the wick in the oil supply are behind a piece of glass. So when you reach out, you couldn't have touched it anyways. And even if the lamp is affixed to the wall, a hole in the wall, also where it's unlikely that you're going to make any adjustments whatsoever, it's still going to be oser. Then we say, getting the my wires here, then we say, And the same thing is going to be true with regards to a wax candle, and that's what's going to be relevant for us, that even if we're using a wax candle, it's also going to be oser. Because they don't allow you to read by, by lamplight or even candlelight. Now, sieve base. Now, when does this restriction apply? Only when you are by yourself. So, when you're by yourself, we're afraid that you won't pay attention to what you do the whole week. Whenever you're reading uh, uh, before you go to sleep, you reach out and you adjust the lamp all the time. So, you don't even think about it. So, when you're by yourself, we're afraid that you may do so. But if two people are reading out of a safer together, so then it's okay. Why? Because if one person goes ahead and uh, and goes to reach out to uh, to adjust the lamp, uh, Bob goes ahead and adjusts the lamp. Yes, So Charlene will go ahead and slap his hand and say, Bob, what are you doing? You can't touch the lamp. So each one will remind one another about that you're not allowed to do so, and they will serve as a protection one for the other. But Vusha this assumes that both of them are reading the same thing. So they're they're attentive to what the other one is doing. To us, because then you'll be watching what the other one is doing. But if each person, two people are sitting next to each other with a single lamp, but each one is reading a separate magazine or a separate sefer, so then that's not going to be allowed. Because once each one is in their own world, so then they're not going to be attentive to the other one's hand reaching out to go ahead and adjust the light. And then it's us. Then we say, the im siv gimel, im yesh echad imo, afilo Another leniency is that if somebody else is with you, even if that second person is not reading together with you, but the you say to that person, pain could you watch me? Make sure that I don't do any adjusting of the light whatsoever. Mutter. So that's going to be permitted. The same thing is going to be true. You say to your wife, Dear, I'm going to be reading, I'm going to be learning a little bit, and make sure that I don't go ahead and adjust the lamp. So that is going to be allowed. Now, what does the Mishnah Bura say about this? So he says, Karen, he says, And this is now, so it's not limited to reading. Here, I want you to see the language because it works out well for us. He says, there's a practice to check your tzitzis before you put on your talus or your talus cotton to make sure that the tzitzis are kasher. So that also requires careful attention. So that's something which you're not allowed to do on Shabbos either. Bodkin, but for us, it's gonna be So something which requires attention to do by candlelight, you're not allowed to do. V'chol k'hai gavna. And anything which is similar, d'avar hatsarach iyun. Anything which requires careful attention, you're not allowed to do by candlelight by yourself because maybe you'll tilt the lamp a little bit in order to get the oil closer to the wick, in order that it should burn brightly. And if you were to do so inadvertently, so that would be uh, an inadvertent violation of an Isidara Isa. So therefore, there's going to be a restriction against doing so. Then, if you remember, we said at the end of Sifalav, we said this restriction is going to apply even if you are using a wax candle. Because once Chazal make a against reading by 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 a fire, so that's going to apply to any fire whatsoever, even a candlelight that doesn't really have fuel. However, the Mishnah says, and this is going to be a a basis for leniency. So we have the Bach in the name of the Marshal who are of the opinion that there is no concern about tilting the lamp if you're using a wax candle because a wax candle it just burns by itself there's not there's no wax to lead into the uh, into the wick that there'd be a temptation to go ahead and tilt it at all or to manipulate it all you light it and it just burns and it's going to do its uh, job all by itself. And the same thing is going to be true if you have I assume this is like congealed fat that it just it automatically draws into the wind into the wick and there's nothing that you need to do in order to draw it uh, further into the wick to make it burn better. It won't accomplish anything. Because when you're dealing with a a, uh, a wax candle, as you say, so there's never a fear that you're going to tilt it. The only thing that you're going to do is maybe you'll start m- cutting the wick a little bit shorter or something like that. or You'll play with the wick, which could potentially extinguish the candle. The kibur, have a molach gufa and if you even if you were to go ahead and inadvertently extinguish the lamp or the uh, the candle, I should say, so that since it's a malacha shenetzricha gufa, I don't want to go into the details of what that is, but you're doing the malacha, but not for the constructive purpose of the malacha, so it's only going to be an iser and therefore with uh, the the according to this opinion, according to the Bach in the in the name of the marshal the decree against reading by candlelight, by lamplight, doesn't apply to a wax candle. And the Taz writes the same idea. And the Magad of Ram says, listen, if you don't need to be lenient as far as this, there's no compelling reason. So you should really be machmer and you shouldn't even read by candlelight. But, the uh, keyboard, okay, right. Um, uh, okay, then the Mishabu, I don't want to took up in the details. It says, <speaking in Hebrew> So the El Yaraba, however, he disagrees and says, No, the same concern about tilting a, an oil lamp is going to apply to a wax candle as well. We're afraid that you're going to go ahead and you're going to uh, manipulate it. And he brings proof for this. And he finds support for this in the Ramban that that you would not be able to read by candlelight, wax candle. And the Gra also is Machmir about this. But now says the Mishnah Bura, are good quality candles, the starin, I don't, know, I don't know what language he's speaking. I don't know what, uh, what what the meaning is. He's of the opinion, however, that when you have these good quality candles, everybody's going to say that it's permitted. Why? Because the only time that the, the, the decree makes sense is if sometimes during the week, if you were using those candles, you would go ahead and you would tilt it in order that you should, it should burn better. Ubener, and let's say our wax candles, our Shabbos candles, Nobody ever goes out and just the Shabbos candles. Once you light Shabbos, wax Shabbos candles, they just burn by themselves. And there's no adjustment which needs to be made to that whatsoever. And we're never afraid they're gonna start manipulating the wick in order to get a clearer flame because it produces a, a, a darn nice flame all by itself. And there's no concern that, they're, they're, that you would ever have to go ahead and do any adjustment. And therefore, you wouldn't need to, uh, to adjust it at all. Okay, so what this means is, is that if the non-Jew is we rely on heter number one, that you could ask a non-Jew to do an Isra Moksa, to carry around a candle. So you should do B'dikas chametz, so you could do the mitzvah. mitzvah. So that should be okay. Now, as far as the concern about uh, uh, examining and searching for chametz by candlelight, even if it's just you and the non-Jew, so that seemingly is going to be, uh, that's potentially okay, because by our wax candles, we're not really so scared that they're going to go ahead and they're going to manipulate them. That anybody's gonna go ahead and just it. But now let's say you wanna adopt the stringent opinion. You say, you know what, we're dealing with a potential Issa Daraisa over here, something the Lechumra, I don't wanna take a chance or something Durabana, a which could lead to a Daraisa, I don't wanna take any chances. And I'm, my tendency is I'll start moving things around and uh, in order to get a better thing, and I'm, I'm afraid. But now there's another AIDSA, because remember we said back in uh, Seif Base over here, we said, that's only when a person is by themselves is it going to be problematic. But if two people are reading together, it's okay. Or we said in Steve Gimel, that even if you're not both reading together, if you tell another person, hey, make sure that I don't touch the lamp, so you could you could have a Shomer who will watch you to make sure you don't watch uh, you don't touch the lamp, and that also is going to be permitted. So the next thing, so the next question is. So now if it's just me and Ernesto, everybody else is gone. So I go ahead and I call Ernesto down the block. I say, Ernesto, I need you to carry around the candle so I could do b'dikas chametz. says, Rabbi, not a problem. Then I say, Ernesto, I need you to make sure that I don't touch the candle. Don't let me reach out and touch it at all. So can I rely on Ernesto to go ahead and keep my hands off of the candle? is that considered to be a sufficient shmira? does that satisfy shochanar's requirement that somebody else watch what i do or is that not a reliable uh, backup system so here this is the the the, the where the the comes from see the word hisaurus over here chuva over here now it's funny he put it the heading of each page he says ein <laughs> al he says, don't rely on any of these rulings which I have over here at all. Go ahead and look at the, my introduction. So it's always good to have Alakha Sefer, which says, Don't follow any of the Allah' in the sefer.' But that's what he says. So it's a it's a alumda should discuss it. So he says, Lomar he says, we can say, Shagoy lo Neman al Kiru. It may very well be that you cannot rely on the non-Jew to remind you to keep your hands off of the lamp. Why? Because when he's he's, he's conflating over here, he's mixing together the halachas of uh, credibility, when a non-Jew has credibility to give information which is going to be relevant for halachic shayla, and reliability, I guess we'll say, that the non-Jew will make sure that your hand doesn't touch the lamp. So he says, it may be that the non-Jew doesn't have reliability to keep your, that you could actually trust him in, in, uh, in a halachic sense to keep your hand off of the camel uh, a- candle. Why? Because the only time we give credibility or reliability to a non-Jew for halachic matters is when there's something which may be in Yisra We're uncertain about whether this, the thing before us is Asim or not. And only when the non-Jew shares information in the course of casual conversation, meaning he, he's not aware that he's passing a halacha for us. We just talked to him about, you know, in the course of conversation, we're able to extract relevant information, but he doesn't realize that we're gathering that information for halachic purposes. Now, so therefore he says, I'm not sure that you could rely on Ernesto to keep your hands off of the off of the candle." Now, he's, now, he says, maybe you'll argue that, listen, Ernesto doesn't want to be, uh, doesn't want to be seen as non-reliable, uh, and therefore, he'll make sure that if you asked him nicely, Ernesto, make sure I don't touch the candle, so he wants to seem like a reliable uh, and trustworthy neighbor, and for that reason, you could rely on him. His reputation is at stake. So to that, the Sarut Shuba says, don't think that it's permitted me shum demirsas, Mirtas—that's the word over here—that he's afraid that he'll develop a bad reputation in the neighborhood as being somebody unreliable and untrustworthy. Because you will tell everybody that I asked him to do me this uh, this favor, keep my hands off of the lamp, and he failed to do so, and he'll be embarrassed and humiliated in front of all of the other neighbors. Why? Why is that not? Why does that not help? Because Malcolm is because when he's called uh, to task for not keeping your hands off of the lamp, he'll say you, you'll you'll say, Hey Ernesto, you're supposed to keep my hands off of the lamp. What happened over here? So Yuchal sell he will go ahead and excuse himself by saying, Listen, as Kiro Hito Soberega. He says, I was about, his hand was so fast. Shaffle's hand was so fast to the lamp before I even had a chance to say something, he already moved it. I was going to say something. I was about to yell at him, but he was fast, his, his hand was faster than my mouth. And that would be a reasonable excuse whereby he wouldn't lose or he wouldn't develop now a reputation as being somebody who's unreliable and untrustworthy. Even though we're talking about where Ernesto is going to be handling the candle, so Ernesto, the Huesor Shuva says you can't rely on Ernesto to keep your hands off of the lamp. However, if you have somebody else with you, two Jews are there. So then certainly you could say to the other Jew, listen, we're going to do B'diq HaShemetz. And if my hand starts inching towards that lamp, go ahead and yell and scream, tackle me, go ahead and hit me over the head with a, you know, a water balloon, something to go ahead and uh, grab my attention so I don't do so. So although it's a, cons- a potential concern, the fact that you're going to be doing this medika by candlelight, in general, you're not allowed to do things which require careful attention by candlelight or oil lamp light. So this is also an, an issue which we could potentially get around, either because wax candles are not subject to this restriction because there's no temptation, temptation that you're going to reach out and adjust anything, or if you have somebody else with you, at the very least, another Jew with you, who will be there to remind you to make sure that you don't touch the candle that also is going to make that permitted. So, so far two issues we, we we've considered and we're able to go ahead and get around that. Okay, now next thing is let's say you don't realize that you forgot to do b'dikas Chabetz until after your Shabbos candles are out. So now how are you going to go ahead and do without the, the, without the without a candle? So here, question three is, can you ask the non-Jew to go ahead and kindle the light for you? So here the Ramah says, mm-hmm. says there are some people who say, we said earlier, according to Shulchan Aruch, the most lenient that you'll be able to do is ask the non-Jew to do an Isidur Abundant for you. But to do an Isidur that according to Shulchan Aruch, nobody permitted. Now the Ramah comes along and tells us that there actually is an opinion which says that even for an Issa Daraisa, you'd be allowed to ask a non-Jew to do an Issa Daraisa so that you should be able to fulfill the mitzvah. What does the Mishabur say on this? mitzvah. That you'd be able to ask a non-Jew to do an Issa Daraisa to facilitate your fulfillment of a mitzvah, either, let's say, a brismila uh, or perhaps even bidigas chabetz. Maybe to facilitate doing B'dikas Chametz, you can ask a non Jew to, uh, to, uh, to, to light a candle for you. However, Milk of the But the Ramah says that even though there is such an opinion which, which does hold this way, Lemaisa were machmer about this. We would not rely on this, uh, this lenient opinion. V'chein Iker. And the Mishaburah confirms that this actually is the way we pass in Halakhla that you cannot ask a non-Jew to do a malacha daraisa to facilitate your fulfillment of a mitzvah. Why? Because the opinion which allows this is a minority opinion. And you see this authoritative list, which includes. Rif, Rush, and the Rambam, which according to Beis Yosef are the three primary poskim that we deal with. So all of them say, among together with others, all of them disagree, and they all hold that it's azer. However, okay. perhaps for Brismila, which, as we said earlier, is a mitzvah which itself overrides Shabbos. So you may be, able, may be able to ask a non-Jew to do a malacha daraisa for that purpose, but for bedikas hametz, you're not going to get any leniency out of any of these you him or the mishabura or or the mishabura. So this issue of asking the non-Jew to light a candle for you, so that you should be able to do bedikas hametz, that we're not going to be able to get a, a, a heter out of. So now, so far we've got two. Th- we've got uh, two issues which we've addressed. Two, uh, uh, sorry, three issues which we've addressed. Two of them we've got room for leniency, and uh, which is. To ask the non Jew to carry the lamp and to go ahead and use the light of that lamp in order to be able to see uh, 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 something which requires attention. What we cannot permit as uh, what we cannot permit is asking the non Jew to go ahead and light the lamp for us or to light the candle for us. Okay. Now, what are we going to go ahead and use over here? So now let's say you actually have, the only thing you have, let's say you don't like Shabbos candles, you don't like wax candles. You use one of those paraffin liquid uh, things, uh, oil things to go ahead and for your Shabbos candles, or you you may even use olive oil. So now the question is, can you go ahead and use, let's say you wanted to pick up that candlestick, which has the oil burning, so can I go ahead and use that, ask Ernesto to go ahead and pick that up and carry that around with me, because that's only in Nisr I'm allowed to look, use that light in order to be able to see, because um, I'll bring somebody else with me to make sure that I don't touch the lamp. And I should be able to do b'dikas chametz in that way with the oil lamp. But now we run into a different problem. Using the oil lamp actually does not fulfill the requirement of b'dikas chametz. And now, here in Source 7, we finally get to Halacha related to Pesach, directly to Pesach. This is in Simon Taflam and Gimel towards the beginning about, about the B'dikas Chametz. So it says the Shokhan in Bodkil or Havuka El or Haner. So Halacha number one is we don't use a torch, which means two wicks, in either the oil lamp or the, the candle for B'dikas Chametz. It makes too big of a flame, and we're afraid they're going to burn down the, the, the house. Now, although that's effective at getting rid of the chametz, but that means that you're going to have to find a place to live for the uh, for the seder tomorrow night, and nobody wants to go ahead and look for a new place to uh, to live uh, between bedikas chametz and leil seder, and you won't have any food left either. V'lo b'neir v'lo shal and you can't use uh, a candle which is fueled with chelev or with shuman, different types of fat. V'lo nor are you allowed to use an oil lamp for bedikas chametz. The only option that you have, the, the only thing which says you're allowed to use is wax candles for because you have pretty good control over where the flame is going to go. These other things, we're afraid of splatterings and we're afraid that you may spill some oil and then the flame may go by there and you could just, uh, you know, uh, torch the whole house. So now this is going to be another issue which we have to face, that depending on what you light for your Shabbos candles or what candles or lamps are burning, that may or may not allow you to go ahead and do so. Now, why you're not allowed to use any one of these other fuels? So the Mishiburah says, Why? Because if you're carrying around a a lamp which is fueled with oil, so the person doing the Betik chametz you're afraid you may spill some oil on them and you may burn them you may ruin the uh, the utensil so anytime that we're afraid since you have to look with great scrutiny for chametz you have to be able to look very carefully anytime you're afraid to put the lamp in there because you may ruin something in the process you may burn something down or you spill oil on it and you ruin it you're not going to do an effective job a thorough job of bedikas chametz. and once you're not going to do a thorough job of bedikas chametz, so then what's the point there's no value in doing in a, a non-thorough chametz. I could go ahead and just spin around on my chair over here and I could, that was a non-thorough job of chametz. it doesn't help at all. So therefore, it only helps if you can be thorough in using these things is, Halacha says, we're afraid that it's going to be non-thorough and therefore you may not use them. Below, now that was as far as the fats are concerned. The one which is going to be more relevant for us If you have a lamp which burns with oil, with olive oil, you can't use that for b'dikas chametz either. Why? Because remember, in order to do an effective, a thorough b'dikas chametz, you have to check in the holes and the cracks of the wall, which means that the lamp has to go, the fire has to go close enough there that you can actually see inside of the wall. You have to see, in a sense, behind the drywall, what stuff went ahead and fell uh, fell back there. We don't actually do that, but back then uh, they did out of fear that the the oil will spill. Now he says, however, uh, not however avuka habedika. Now let's say you actually use the torch where the fear is that you're going to burn down your house. So since it's not going to lend itself to a uh, a, a thorough bedika, so even bidiyeved you don't get credit for having done bedika chametz. So you went through the whole house with this torch, searching the best that you could with a torch, the best that the torch would allow, and you get zero credit. It's a pass-fail. B'diq al is a pass-fail. There's no A, B, C, or D. It's either pass-fail. And if you use a torch, so you get a fail for uh, for the effort. And you have to go ahead and you have to search a second time using a candle which has only a single wick. Now that's as far as if you use a torch properly. If you use any one of these fats as a fuel where it's not really going to spill, so then you get a pass. and let's say you use an oil lamp, which somebody may use for their Shabbos candles. So then, so then there's a whether doing with an oil lamp is going to be effective, even Bidi do you get a pass for that, or do you get a fail? So this could be an issue as far as somebody who lights Shabbos candles with oil rather than wax candles. So to call Ernesta over and do b'dikas chametz with a, an oil lamp, that may very well not be an effective means of, of, of fulfilling the mitzvah of b'dikas chametz, even on a b'diavad level. We may we may be lenient over here because you have no choice, and this is the, uh, when you have to do the mitzvah. But it's it's an issue which uh, which uh, which is relevant. Now, ella Bener shel shava. So, for b'di gashametz, we said that the preferred thing is to use a wax candle. V'im ein lo shel shava. In the event that you don't have a wax candle, so you could use one of the b'diavad ones. So, you could use chaylev or shuman, one of the lamps which is fueled with fat. And whether b'di'evit you could use oil, so that the previous mishaburah said is a machlokes, whether or not that, uh, that that is allowed or not. Okay, so that is going to be another issue, which is which is relevant. Using the uh, the uh, the a lamp rather than Shabbos candles, that is a potential issue. And now we have one more issue which we want to see, and this we're just going to read it from the hizara's Chuva himself. So he's says and we're starting from right over here if you can see the duhiki right in the, in the middle of that uh, top line there he says so another thing another issue with using your whether regardless of whether using shabbos candle or whether we will allow you to go ahead and use your uh, your oil your shabbos oil lamp for the purpose of but now the question is we have to wonder, according to and that once you go ahead and you light yomtiv candles for the purpose of the mitzvah of yomtiv candles, so you're not allowed to use those sacred candles now for any purpose whatsoever. Now he mentions yomtiv specifically uh, because it's been set aside for the mitzvah. So now what he's talking about is Uh, Let's say it's sukkah time. So sukkah time, you're lighting lighting the yontif candles in the sukkah, and the kids say, hey, oftentimes we go camping. We did lots of camping this summer and uh, in the fall, and we still have some leftover marshmallows, and there's a fire burning over there. It's yontif. We learned that you're allowed to go ahead and cook food from an existing flame on yontif. Let's go ahead and make some s'mores. So they want to go ahead, and they're going to pull out a skewer put some marshmallows on the skewer, and roast them over your yontif candles. So rum says you're not allowed to do that. Not because you're not allowed to make a, a s'mores on yontif. You're not allowed to do that because once the candles are set aside for the purpose of the mitzvah, the mitzvah of, of yontif candles, you're not allowed to use them for another purpose, even another purpose as yummy as s'mores. Even that's not going to be allowed. So therefore, says the Hisorah who adim b'deiro so maybe the same thing is going to be true with Shabbos candles, that once they're set aside for the purpose of being Shabbos candles, you can't use them for another purpose, which is the mitzvah of Bidigas because it's hooked to the mitzvah, so it's already been set aside and designated and reserved for one mitzvah, and you're not allowed to go ahead and use it for a different, uh, a different mitzvah. So, maybe fundamentally the whole thing falls apart. The whole possibility of calling Ernesto down the block to have him hold the candle for you so you could do the Batikas Chametz. Maybe the whole thing doesn't work because you're not allowed to use those candles anyways for that purpose. But says he, saw is Shuva, that as a concern, that he says, eh, I'm not so uh, majorly concerned. We could be lenient as far as this last issue is concerned. Why? And this is based on, I would go into a different area of Shochan Aruch, this is based on what we say in Tafresh Ayin Gimel with regards to chanaka So if you remember that we say in Haneros Halal, that the Hanukkah candles are sacred and you're not allowed to use them for any purpose, that's why we like the Shamish. So that in the event that we get some benefit, the benefit is coming from the shamish rather than the mitzvah neros. Then Shulchan Aruch says, And some people say that if you're going to use the Hanukkah candles for a sacred purpose, to learn Torah by or to do some other mitzvah. So there's an opinion which says that you're allowed to. Now we don't pass in that way, at least. We say you shouldn't use it for anything, but there is such an opinion and if I'm using the Hanukkah candles to learn Torah or I use my Shabbos candles to go ahead and do so it's not degrading the mitzvah I'm not, uh, I'm not cheapening the mitzvah by using it for another purpose because I'm using it for another mitzvah so using it for another mitzvah doesn't cheapen it at all and therefore that will be okay so you look in the Taz and he expresses that idea some people, however, say, and this is what we pass, them, this is what we're generally makhmer by Hanukkah candles, that you're not allowed to use Hanukkah candles to learn by, to use the light of the Hanukkah candles for learning Torah. Because if, if somebody walks by and sees you sitting by candles and learning Torah, they won't realize that this is Pursume Nisa. They won't realize that this is publicizing the miracle. They're going to think that you lit those candles for the purpose of having light for learning Torah, and that will actually take away from the mitzvah. So by Hanukkah candles, there is a concern that somebody will think that you lit it for the purpose of reading rather than for the mitzvah of Pursume Nisa. <inaudible> But this concern that somebody will say that you lit it for private purposes, non-sacred purposes, that won't apply to Shabbos candles. And the Bidika, because nobody's going to think that you're, because, sorry, anyways, the near Hanukkah, the near Shabbos is supposed to be there for illumination. It is there so that you could see your food and whatnot, as opposed to Hanukkah candles. So therefore, you, you are allowed to get a, a hana in benefit from reading by Shabbos candles. So that's not a concern. And furthermore, And using the candles for the purpose of being able to do B'tik chametz, So that is a mitzvah use of those candles. And therefore the Saru's shuva says that double dipping in a sense, using the Shabbos candles in order to be able to facilitate the B'tik chametz, So that is something which you could get away with that that we could justify that and we could rationalize an allowance to be able to do so. And therefore in his final conclusion, with the right things in place, a wax candle that's already burning uh, that uh, you could get away with asking Ernesto to go ahead and carry it around for you so she's able to, to to be able to do B'dikas Chametz, the mitzvah of Chametz that you forgot to do. And then he ends he ends with uh, sort of like a pun. I don't know if Bob is uh, still there, but he says, So the merciful one should enlighten our eyes. Since we're talking about doing B'dikas Chametz by Nair, so he says, so he invokes that, that Gosh should enlighten our eyes for good things. With an amen, can I get an amen? Amen. So that's how he goes at and ends. But uh, hopefully, this will uh, this uh, this uh, this discussion about the uh, the, the issues uh, uh, involved uh, will uh, will be enough to keep uh, the uh, as a reminder of the necessity to do betikas hametz on Thursday night this year, the night of Yud Gimel, rather than the night of Yud Dal, being that ere Pesach falls on Chavez. and hopefully uh, none of us will have the Shiloh come up lamaisa. They bring down in, uh, in Sfarim that a segula to make sure that you don't have uh, halachic shailas is to go ahead and learn the halachas in advance. So hopefully our study of this halakh in advance will serve to protect us from forgetting to do vidikas chametz on that, uh, that Thursday night. And it won't be relevant uh, to any of us.
1: And More on June preparing for Pesach. Pesach.
0: Rabbi is so giving you a share on Wednesday night. next Wednesday coming night, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Yes. Special in addition to, uh, to the regular Tuesday night and Wednesday night classes next week. So Wednesday night, there's going to be a shear which is going to uh, encompass. We're going to try and get through the kashring stuff quickly uh, because we're also going to try and do some of the major things which we need to do for uh, the other halachas of Erev Pesach Shechaliyos B'Shabbes, which is what happens this year and the different things which we will we'll have to do. So it'll be a lot to, to cover, but you can let people know That uh, the cleaning and costuring for Pesach is going to be uh, will be next week on Wednesday. I think the calendar said eight twenty. And the seum mitzvahs b'chorim will also be on Thursday. Uh, The seum. I don't remember if uh, I haven't actually reviewed the halachas yet. That's why I have to Wednesday. I don't remember if it's on Thursday or Friday. I think it may be on Friday.
1: On the calendar, it
0: could be. Some people do both. Maybe some people do both. I believe there's that. okay there you go I have to Wednesday to answer that question <laughs> Alrighty. thank you all hey, for having I you. appreciate it very much thank you, thank you. take you have a good shot